Another amazing guest today for the heroes in our community. We're so glad you joined in and stay tuned. Well, good morning to all of our friends along the Gulf Coast. We're so glad you tuned in for another episode of the Echo Stop Live podcast. I am Kevin here with my good friend, Curtis. As always. Kurt, I got a surprise for you. What do you have, man? What do you you're have? not going to guess this one. Oh, can we I? We have a can guest see? in our can studio. I see? Yes, I think you can. Well, we are joined <laughs> with the most special and honorable Gina Gregory this morning. And so um, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule to Absolutely. sit with us here and... Uh, more importantly, put up with some of our antics. But uh, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm happy to be here, and Curtis, I'm glad you can see me now. <laughs> I am happy also. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are in a series um, honoring heroes in our community, um, and uh, your name made it to the top of the list. Wow. Um, and so here you are. Um, <laughs> okay. And what we uh, have been doing in this series and what we hope to do today is just have a conversation and mm -hmm. um, really learn a little bit about you and, mm -hmm. and your dedication to service and, and what makes Mobile and this community such a great place. And uh, um, you know, one of the things we started with Echo Stop Live mm -hmm. podcast was we wanted to have a real conversation, mm -hmm. um, sort of unscripted and see where it went and really just have a dialogue that talks about the great things that are happening and also ways that people in our community can get involved so they can become part of the solution and, mm -hmm. and, and finding solutions to problems rather than um, just allowing things to happen around them. But before we do all that, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> for those who don't know me or anything about me, um, I'm Gina Gregory. I'm a Mobile City Council person. I've been on the council now uh, 18 years, so I tell everybody I'm the dinosaur of the group. <laughs> um, I began my career in television news. I was a reporter and anchor most of my career. Mm -hmm. I had some uh, stops along the way uh, working for state associations, that sort of thing, but the um, main part of my career has been in the news business, basically. And then I transitioned into the government side, working for the former mayor, Mike Dow, as his communications person. And when he decided not to run again, I thought that was my opportunity to run. Because as you're working for the mayor and in and, and news as well, you see things happening and you start thinking to yourself, well, how would I handle that? Or what would I do about that? Or I agree or I disagree. But you know, you, you see a lot of those things. And I had always considered running for political office sometime in my career. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of popped up that this was the opportunity because the person who was in my seat in District 7 ran for mayor. So his seat was wide open and I ran and was elected and been there ever since. And um, have enjoyed it. <clears throat> it has been quite the learning experience. You go in thinking you know everything, you know all the issues, and you understand how people think, and you find out you don't. Right. <laughs> it is on-the-job training, for sure. Now, everything I had done in news, as well as working for Mayor Dow, certainly helped prepare me. But it's ever-changing. The issues change along the way. Um, the challenges are there. But uh, I think for anybody who gets into this business, you have to be very flexible. You have to be very patient and really willing to, to learn. 
it, it's a humbling experience, I can tell you that. Um, anybody who thinks they know it all going in, <laughs> They are in for a uh, rude awakening. Now. <laughs> yeah. A preaching. rude awakening. Well, I, I think the common theme that I'm hearing in in what you're saying is is the word story. Um, you know, whether it was from your broadcast uh, days uh, or to what you're not, you know, doing now is like, what's the story behind it, and how do we have a better understanding of what's mm -hmm. happening? Um, yeah. So I, I think, although you say you, there might have been a long uh, of on the job training, I feel like you were well equipped. Because you understood that there had to be a story, and I feel like that's a skill set that, that and, and we miss I, a lot of and times. And I would also add this. I've had the opportunity to know you for a while, <laughs> and I know your heart for the community. I've seen it, uh, and we've done a lot of different things out of my office uh, in your community. Uh, and how does the transition occur for someone who was in the news business now working in politics? Uh, I mean, I know you had the transition <laughs> where you worked under Mike Dow, Mayor Dow, uh, but did that play more of a part in you being an effective leader or was it just you being that person who was out in the community and you felt the heart of the community? You know, I really think it's both um, because you, you can't be an effective reporter without getting the story and mm -hmm. the story has many sides. So I think that helps me as a city council person because I don't represent Gina. Or Gina's opinions. I represent a wide variety of people in my district, and everybody has an opinion, and you try to listen to everybody, see what is going on, and make the best decision you can that best represents everybody. Mm -hmm. In the news business, you're supposed to get all sides of a story, mm -hmm. and I think that helped me, as well as people who would call in and tell us things and ask for help. I mean, they, they call the news people for help a lot of times mm -hmm. when they can't get help from their government leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, working for Mayor Dow was a, a good transition because I went from covering the news to actually being a part of the news, if mm -hmm. you will, and representing him and his administration. And, and you really saw the other side of things that way. Mm -hmm. um, from the news side, you know, you go to interview, you go to interview the mayor, right? Mm -hmm. But when you were working for the mayor, you see what all goes on into how they respond to issues, what they are actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think it helps balance things out a lot, but then from the administration jumping into the council side, mm -hmm. that is that's a transition as well because um, and when you're when you're the mayor, you're representing everybody, and it's a little bit more of a forty thousand foot view. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you are the council person, you are down boots on the ground every day, everywhere you mm -hmm. go. People want to talk to me about their potholes or streets, mm -hmm. their drainage, you know, all of these kinds of things that you know the mayor may not get. Right. Um, so I think it's been a really good training ground for me to um, hear all of these things and be a part of it. But yeah, it's it's the people, it's helping them get through their everyday lives, uh, helping them through all the issues that they come across. And we get a lot of phone calls for help for things that the city has no responsibility for whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We have no authority over, but yet they know me. Mm -hmm. They know they can call me and we will try to point them in the right direction, give them the phone numbers or even make the calls ourselves to try to help them through whatever the issue is. So, you know, we talk well. I mean, we, we talk yeah. all the time. We have these conversations and one of the things we talk about is uh, people who have talents, mm -hmm. like God's given people talents, and then some people realize those talents and are able to use them, and other people have these talents mm -hmm. and either don't use them, don't <laughs> pursue them, or, or whatever. And yeah. so, so it seems like, hey, when you have gifts and you have talents and you use that for the bettering of society, mm -hmm. well, what a perfect harmony happens because now it's like everything's um, in sync in our community. Now, I want to mm -hmm. I want to spend just a second, um, and, and Curtis and I were talking the other day about some of the great things in Mobile. So, um, 
uh, off the cuff like <laughs> question, no right or wrong answer. But you know, I mean, what what makes Mobile a great place to you? Well, I, I was thinking about that. Um, when I grew up, I grew up in Fort Walton Beach, Panhandle of Florida, so I always watched Mobile Television. Those were mm. the only TV stations we got <laughs> in Fort Walton Beach. And uh, when I was younger, we would come over for Senior Bowl games. Mm. We, when I was in high school, we came to Mobile for concerts. So Mobile was the big city close by that we would come to. When I graduated from college, I applied for a job in Mobile back then was told I didn't have enough experience. <laughs> but I always liked Mobile when I visited Mobile, uh, and I still wanted to get back to Mobile if possible. It was always close to home for me. So living here, you know, I, I, I love the history. I love the, the, I think what everybody else loves, the, the big trees, mm -hmm. the, the different types of things that you see, and the, the hunting, the fishing, the whole, everything you can do in Mobile. But you know, I've been here longer than I've been anywhere else. And my husband is here. He's a native. We don't want to go anywhere else. Mm. This is Mobile. This is home for us. And it's, it's what Mobile has to offer. But it's also, I think, the people that we have you know, met along the way, have become friends with. They're like family as well. You know, our church. And, and I think if you ask anybody in Mobile mm. who's been here for that length of time, they'll tell you the same thing. It's what Mobile has to offer. I mean, all the amenities, of course, which we love because we're boaters and he's a fisherman and I love the beach and uh, all of the amenities that the city has to offer. But it's also the spirit of the people, the attitude that we have here. Mm. We're not known for the, you know, celebrate for, for no reason because I think it's the <laughs> attitude that people in Mobile have. It's like, yeah, you've got Birmingham and Huntsville and Montgomery, but hey, we're fun in Mobile. <laughs> you know, we celebrate, we do things differently than y'all do. I think, I think in Mobile we do have a different frame of mind uh, than, than other cities and people in other cities do. It's because of where we are and the history that Mobile has that brings this huge melting pot of people together. Yeah. And it makes us special, I think. Mobile, Mobile is a unique place, and yeah. it is positioned in such a way that affords you to have that small life or a small quality of life of what we all want, regardless of how big or large of a city yeah. you live in. You want that sense of, of home. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you also have the advantages of going to other locations uh, that are not very far off. If right. you want something different, you but to come to me back when you home, said that, are you sending know, me somewhere? Something different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things that, that is, that's not unique is when we talk about crime and safety. Mm -hmm. I think we all are dealing with those issues. Um, uh, you know, where you sit, you sit as not just a council person, but also someone who's vested in the well-being of the city and all communities in the city. Right. You know, so, so how, what are some of the challenges that you see um, and how do you see tackling those challenges? Boy, if I had all the answers, um, <laughs> really, yeah. uh, we wouldn't be asking the question. Yeah. When, you, <clears throat> when you think about quality of life, we mm -hmm. hear a lot about quality of life. You might initially think, okay, quality of life to me is parks, recreation, it's the fishing, it's you know, the things, the amenities that we are able to do, the culture, museums, the art. But quality of life, the, the core of quality of life mm -hmm. is public safety. Mm -hmm. Parks facilities, you know, the museums, none of that stuff could really happen if we didn't have good public safety. Mm -hmm. Because if you're afraid to get out of your house, walk down your street, 
go to the grocery store, what kind of quality of life is that? You have to have strong public safety, feel like you are safe, know that when you call the police department, they're going to arrive on time. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the fire department. If your house is on fire or if you're suffering with a heart attack, you want to know that they will be there to take care of you. So public safety is the core of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we hear other cities all the time. The crime violence, gun violence, all of those things are, are up, and they are very disturbing. I can tell you my mother lives in Mobile now. She hears all of the stories about all the gun violence in all these other cities, and, of course, in Mobile as well. And she's like, I'm just afraid to go anywhere. Mm. I'm like, Mother, you can't be afraid. This is not happening everywhere. There are snippets for sure, mm -hmm. but don't relate what is happening in other bigger cities to exactly what's happening in Mobile, and you can't let that keep you inside and keep you afraid. You know, our police officers will be there. They will take care of things. And, and I feel safe going wherever I go without worrying about, you know, is somebody going to grab me in the grocery store or mm -hmm. whatever, or somebody's going to, something's going to erupt in gunfire in, in my grocery store. I don't fear that. But, you know, there are a lot of people who do. Um, from the city council side of things, I think we have done a great job in supporting public safety. Anytime uh, funds are needed for equipment, for programs, we always unanimously support that. We have to be sure that we are able to recruit and retain mm. qualified people in our public safety ranks. That is a huge thing, and yes. we, we all know it. Um, there's just, I, I know it's very difficult because these days it's very hard to recruit somebody say, hey, come be a police officer when they see these things happening and they see the kinds of attitudes that people have about mm -hmm. police officers as well. Why would you want to put yourself through that? It really is a calling, mm -hmm. but if we can't pay these folks the kind of money that they need in order to come to work in Mobile and to stay in Mobile, then it's shame on us, you know, really, right. because we'll, we're then part of that problem and not providing the kind of safety, the kind of public support that well, I think, we Well, I mean, I think you're That's highlighting two yeah. valuable things, and I think this is a, a perfect segue um, into some really cool information, <clears throat> and that is that we're talking uh, essentially about um, perception, and it's not only perception from the outside in, but from the inside out. And how, how do we see ourselves? How yeah. do officers see themselves? If they were to wear the uniform in Mobile, what would they see, whether it be a firefighter or a police yeah. officer or any other service? But we're also talking, we're in a series talking about heroes in the community. Um, and, uh, and, and these segments are great because all of these hero conversations are coming after we've just celebrated Memorial Day, which is the greatest holiday to commemorate true heroes mm -hmm. who, who have laid themselves down um, for something better. Um, and I have seen officers chase dreams for years trying to figure out what it is, but those that have that, let's just call it, desire to serve in that way running through their blood, it's really hard to stay away from the profession no matter what you see. But where we can all work together is on the perception. Let's just address the issues. One of the ways we have to do it on the show is we set up an email. It's echostoplive at gmail.com. We uh, would hope that you would send us your emails and would try to answer questions um, each show that we can, but we want to hear from you. And we've also set up an anonymous tip line. Why is this important? If you are told to see something and say something, we would ask that you actually do something. And this is a way that you can do something. It's a totally anonymous. Um, the number is 844-251-0644, 844-251-0644. You can text to that number. You can call that number anonymously. There's businesses around town who have sponsored the anonymous tip line. There's a QR code in their window of the store. You can scan your phone. You can get involved in a bunch of different ways. But to pick back up on this conversation, we'll do that in just a minute after you stay tuned to this little commercial.
Calling all fathers, now's your time to be celebrated as the City of Mobile invites you to the Family Celebration Day Father's Day Weekend Event, Saturday, June 17th at Municipal Park. So you think you're a grill master? Prove it! Put those grilling skills to the test for the Real Men Cook Grilling Competition. Think you can teach Coach Saban a thing or two? Then suit up for the epic punt pass and kick challenge and be in the running for a $1,000 grand prize. Plus enjoy the Father and Son Classic Car Show and live music, and it's all free. Celebrate your favorite dad at Municipal Park, Saturday, June 17th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Well, we're glad you're uh, stay tuned. We're having an amazing conversation, and I'm just going to throw the word out there, Curtis. Hero. Absolutely, hero. And, and when we talk about heroes, Gina, uh, to a lot of people that live in your district and some outside of your district, uh, they see you as a hero because guess what? When they call you and they're in distress, they're calling because they're in distress, and then you respond to it, whether you direct them to some other resource or whether you handle it yourself. Uh, and that's important. But what we want to what we want to also share light on is the fact that heroes are not just in city office, uh, not just in the police department. They're also in the, in the community. There are people who live down the street from one person who sees another person uh, coming to someone's home, uh, taking their mail or, or doing anything. Uh, they have an opportunity to be a hero, uh, and there are different forms of of being a hero. You can be a silent hero, but right. just by calling. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You don't have to get out there and actually catch the bad guy. <laughs> so, and, and we really don't um, suggest that people get out and try to catch right. the bad guys themselves, but mm -hmm. get a plate number if you can, a description, that sort <laughs> right. of thing, and call. But, you, but you're right. Um, you know, we used to always talk about the nosy neighbors. Mm -hmm. Well, we want neighbors to be nosy because that's how we find solutions to the problems. If somebody's out stealing the mail, you want the neighbor next door seeing it and say, I'm calling 911 because somebody's going around stealing everybody's mail or punching holes in tires, you know, puncturing tires. The nosy neighbors are the ones who really can be those heroes for neighborhoods you know and help take you, care you, of each other. You, I'm going to say, say what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but haven't we done something horrible to that by, by, by making it a, a horrible thing to do, being that nosy neighbor <laughs> or being that, that person who's telling the truth about something when, yeah. when, uh, when you should. Yeah, yeah, because people are afraid to get involved. Yeah. They, they don't want to put their names out there. They just want to stay anonymous. And, and I get that a lot, mm. whether it's something that they see that could be um, something illegal happening in their neighborhood, like the guy across the street selling drugs. We know they're mm. selling drugs, but I can't, you know, don't put my, you know, give anybody my name. Don't let them know that I'm the one that reported it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nobody wants to be involved anymore. But yet uh, they will call me or they will call somebody else in government and complain about it. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes, and I'm going to make those phone calls and follow up. But, yes, we, we do need to, I think, um, try to um, encourage people to be mm -hmm. the nosy neighbors and to get involved um, and let us know how we can, can help, because that's the only way, really, you can, you can stop what's happening in the neighborhoods. And we preach it all the time. We talk to people. It's like... The grandparents know what's going on. You, mm -hmm. you hear that all the time, but yet they don't want to say anything because they don't want to get their kid in trouble or the next door neighbor's kid in trouble. Right. But We've, yet that kid continues to cause problems throughout the neighborhood, and eventually the kid gets caught and put in jail when before we could have stopped it earlier on and maybe helped the kid, and none of this would have happened. But you have to be that person who was willing to get involved and tell somebody. That's know? right. I think, we've, uh, I, think, I think what we're talking about is something that we talk about often when it comes to 
you know, the four pillars of society. Mm -hmm. You talk about faith, family, yeah. education, and government. Mm -hmm. And here we're talking about government, which is, you know, the, the final response, the, the, the people that are ultimately responsible for, for safety and protection. But we skipped a little bit that second pillar, which is family. And what we're talking about before the nosy neighbor, if you want to talk about traditional heroes, where are the people that sit on the front porch? Because mm -hmm. grandma and aunt and mom, that used, just like you were saying, yeah. that used to sit on the front porch. That, you know, a lot of people look at that as an error that's gone by. But that error has to come back because if we're going to not be afraid to walk from our house to our mailbox and back to our mm -hmm. house again and feel safe, somebody has to be sitting on a front porch somewhere on some street because there are children and, and youth and even young adults who are growing up who need that mentorship or that yeah. slight nod or the look, wait, wait, I don't think that's a great idea. Whatever it is, and people say, but, but some people are fearful, and this uh -huh. goes back to the perception issue. So we have to fix the perception issue. Take away the fear by putting real actionable solutions in there that people say, you know what, we are making a difference, we are safer. And then that word starts to spread. Yeah. But I, I believe personally that when we put grandma, aunt, grandpa, the uncle, whoever, yeah. back on that front porch, yeah. that is when um, we'll have that direct contact long before it ever becomes a government problem. And, and I exactly. think we're seeing too many government issues because we've kind of skipped over some of the pillars that, and this is, mm -hmm. I mean, speaks to the life of what you and your entity, you know, is invested in daily, which is getting into the family. But one of the things we talk about a lot too is is um, how one thing affects the other, mm -hmm. and we like to talk about the ecosystem. You know, we a lot of us can kind of equate what that is. Uh, but the ecosystem, we live in an ecosystem. Everything that that we do, public safety is so important. It affects not just public safety in the way that we see public safety, but it also affects other things that people tend not to think about as it relates to the economy and a lot of other things. Can you shed a little light on that for us? <laughs> <laughs> Public safety and the economy. Okay, well, uh, I used the going to the grocery store earlier. If we're afraid to get out of our houses, we're not going to a brick and, and mortar store. Mm -hmm. We're not going to the mall, which the mall is having issues as we know with mm -hmm. people coming out there. They just don't shop in the mall right. anymore. It's easier to sit, in, sit on my couch and use my phone and order something which then impacts the local economy because um, brick-and-mortar stores don't have people coming in, therefore they don't need the employees, and they close up. So you have to feel safe in a city to want to live in the city, which then creates the need for businesses in the city, which creates the jobs in the city, mm -hmm. which creates the sales taxes, and on and on and on. It, it, you can look around the, the country and see where cities have had these problems, where public safety has been an issue, and the businesses leave, the people leave. Mm -hmm. Businesses follow people, mm -hmm. and the cities just become ghost towns sometimes. You, mm -hmm. You've got to have it all, and you're right, it's an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to have the public safety as the core to make sure that people feel safe, they are safe, and then that way they want to live in your city, businesses will come to your city, and everybody makes money, and we're all happy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in, in the perfect world, right? Right. right. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> so, so as we wind as we wind down this conversation, and and I think we could go on for hours. Oh yeah. Um, and that's good because yeah. there is a conversation yeah. to be had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to ask this question, um, and, and I believe that you know sometimes we we face challenges. We have viewers that may face challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what do you say to somebody if you if you have an obstacle in your life, you have a challenge, something you totally didn't expect, something comes out of the blue, and you're you're faced with this <laughs> challenge? Let's just say, you know, how do you get through the challenge, and how do you continue to serve? Because heroes face adversity, All the time, and yet yeah. they still accomplish the mission. And so here we are having this conversation. So I, I don't know if just shoot off the cuff, but you know, what do you say to that person? 
Well, I'll just use personal experience and my challenge is uh, something similar that happens to a lot of people uh, and it was just a health issue. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer five years ago, certainly out of the blue for me, even though people say, why was it out of the blue for you? And I had to stop, you know, step back and think, right, instead of saying, why me? It's like, why not me? And then you just go from there and it's a challenge and you just take on that challenge one day at a time and do what you're supposed to do, get the treatment, do the surgeries, all of that sort of thing, and go on about your life. It's, it's what I tell people is, you can do it. You can get through it. I have, others have, you can do it too. Now, yours may not be like mine. Everybody's different, right. but you can do it. You just have to have the, the, the attitude, the faith that it takes to get through these things. And of course, you know, strong family helps. But when you face a challenge, I think the way you face the challenge, the way you go on, is the true testament of the kind of person that you are and the strength that you have. Uh, our first responders face challenges every day of their working mm -hmm. lives, and we expect so much of them, mm -hmm. you know, from the domestics to chasing somebody who's robbed a store or, you know, whatever the issue is, it's just a very difficult thing for them, and we expect them to be psychiatrists, you yes. know, doctors, you know, daddies, mamas to, to all these people, and they're not always equipped to do that. And with that kind of expectation, uh, that really takes a special person, mm -hmm. and not everybody has what it takes. We know that, mm -hmm. so thank goodness that we do have people out there who feel the call, who have that kind of personality, but we all face challenges in our everyday lives, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to hit us. It always does. Well, you, Usually uh, when you least expect right. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 you, you know, I thank you for sharing, first of all, and um, and we're very glad that you had the support system, both internally, <laughs> spiritually, and, and within yeah. the family to, to get to the point, because we feel like our viewers sometimes want to help, but maybe they're in a situation, and they're like, well, what do I do? Well, you just... You just keep fighting. You just go through and you do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And since we're talking about special, I might as well ask my good friend Curtis <laughs> See, to give us the last, the last final thought okay, here. I'm, I'm going to take uh, that, okay? I'm going to rewind this. I am uh, special. You are. <laughs> to someone. To, to me. To me. We, we, are, we, are, we are blessed to have yeah. you uh, part of this journey. Yeah. But uh, final thoughts as we, we finish talking about heroes in our community on this segment. Um, well, give our viewers a final thought. There, I Curtis. will just leave it like this. You know, heroes uh, are, are constantly being defined. Uh, and I think that everyone has the capacity to be one. Uh, you have to figure out at, at some point, do you want to be one? I think that the city needs heroes, not just those in government, not just those in law enforcement, but those who are uh, sitting behind the couch or sitting on the couch, watching television, watching the horrible things, but not stepping up to the plate and saying, I think I can do this. I think I can help by doing this, whatever that is. Well, that's uh, super insightful. I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. um, we are honored that you right. shared a little bit mm -hmm. of your time with us today. Uh, you. uh, unfortunately, we are at the end of our show, but we are not at the end of our mission. So, um, <laughs> you know, our hope is that we'll see more of you around and, and more people in the community will be inspired um, and aspire to do, um, to do great things in this wonderful place that it is, and it can only get better from here. Um, we just want to remind our viewers, uh, one, we're appreciative that you tuned in, but two, our mission is really to impede violence and improve perception, and it truly does take all of us. 
Um, and of course, if you're on the podcast with us, you've got your own oh, coin nice. here. So oh, now yeah. you have a souvenir. Um, wow. and now so, you're special too. Now you're special. <laughs> <laughs> you are special and being honored. So we appreciate you here. Thank you. Um, and until we meet again, uh, we ask that you stay safe, uh, do something for the community. It truly does take all of us. We'll see you next Friday at 830 on the Echo Stop Live podcast.